This is Ashley Hodge with a Sikkim 365 ring by spring. I think it's episode six. I'm joined by Kendall Cout. And we're actually coming to you after Baylor's 72-68 to win over TCU. Pretty thrilling game. I was in the building. So was Torian Prince. I saw him in the uh, locker room after the game. Uh, good to see him hanging out with the Baylor players and celebrating a big win. Uh, Kendall, what'd you, what were your takes? What did you see on television? And I'll tell you some things I saw in person. I saw a great fight from Baylor today. Uh, I was super impressed with how hard they fought when they got down by quite a bit. I'm looking at the Ken Palm number, which is actually worse than the ESPN number for Baylor. And it had Baylor's minimum win probability at about 8.5%, Woo. which is an unbelievable comeback from the Bears. Adam Flagler late. If you can't, I know you often use the phrase, Ashley, if you can't trust him late, who can you trust? Gonzaga, <laughs> Oklahoma, now TCU. No doubt in my mind there is anyone else who could have led Baylor to a victory like he did. LJ Cryer in the first half, Adam late. Some things that Baylor has to improve to compete for a national title and win a national title. But we're, we're back in that mindset that the national title is in play. Whether Texas is easier schedule makes it too tough to come back from for another day, but just a really good team win by Baylor today. And I think one other thing I want to give a shout out to is I like the body language I could see on TV for Dale Bonner, really hyping up Langston love. Hmm. And I think that's a good sign that a guy who's now out of the rotation is hyping somebody up. And it looked like Josh Ojemaluna was also hyping up somebody on the Baylor bench as well. So I think that's a good sign that the culture is in a good place when the rotation's been in pretty flux. So those are kind of my takeaways from watching it on the TV. I, didn't go down to Fort Worth given the Super Bowl tomorrow. I'm a Kansas City man. Going to watch that in Kansas City. Uh, but Ashley, as a Fort Worth man yourself, uh, do you consider yourself a Fort Worth man first off, Ashley? <laughs> I don't claim Fort Worth. I, I'm a mid-cities guy. Uh, but I am closer to Fort Worth than I am to Dallas. So I guess if you're going to claim either Fort Worth or Dallas, I would say Fort Worth. Uh, but because of TCU's presence, I, I, I like to say mid-cities instead of uh, in Fort Worth. You, I, my word for the day is uh, crestfallen. Have you heard that word before? Yes. Kendall? Yeah, it's 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 an appropriate word for today. As in as in like the TCU fans were very crestfallen as they left the arena today because that was a game like you said that at one point they thought for sure they were going to win this. They were without Mike Miles and Eddie Lampkin, so those are some of the sweetest victories you can have when you're missing two important parts. Uh they really took the fight to Baylor most of the game, you know, certainly that three at the end of the first half was kind of a backbreaker. And then they just like, you know, really were dominating in the paint and early in the second half. But, you know, it is a, it is a 40 minute game, Kendall. I, I need to remind you about that. <laughs> and uh, Baylor used all 40 of those minutes to, to really uh, allow the, the, the Horn Frogs uh, fans to experience disappointment that they haven't felt since the uh, national championship game in football. And, uh, you know, certainly was a, a tough day for TCU fans because they, you know, against their rival, they thought they had that one. And now Baylor gets the uh, split. And they are 19-6 and six on the year, 8-4 and four in conference. And, you know, and really just setting up them, themselves for a pretty good stretch run here. You know, I, I was looking at the Ken Palm projections. And interestingly enough, because of OU, OSU's big win on the road against Iowa State, uh, Baylor's still projected to be 11-7. and seven. Uh, Texas is still projected to be thirteen and five, and uh, Kansas now twelve and six. Uh, but it's it's really a, a three horse race right now: uh, Texas, Kansas, and, and Baylor. 
And, you know, those were uh, – I thought TCU would be the, the third team that it came down to. And because of the injuries, you know, to Mike Miles p- predominantly, uh, that's not going to materialize. They're, they're, they're not going to finish at the top of the, at, at the, top of the conference. Uh, but, you know, Texas has surprised me that they've, you know, had the staying power that they've had with, with the uncertainty in that program. Uh, but really, I, I think, it, it, you know, at the end of the day, I still think it comes down to Kansas and Baylor. I know Texas is playing well and, and blew out uh, West Virginia today, but I'm counting on Texas Tech to upset them Monday night. I think if Texas beats Tech, and Tech is playing a lot better basketball right now, if that happens, I think it is a two-team race. That final th- four-game stretch for Texas is pretty brutal. Iowa State at home, at Baylor, at TCU, KU at home, which might be a de facto Big 12 championship game. It leads to Baylor's playing well for a split with the Big 12 title. So they do have a lot to overcome there. I think the thing that sticks out for Texas, though, is getting to play OU at home. That's, man, that's been a disappointing season for Porter Mosher and the Sooners. They yeah. have just fallen off a cliff, it feels like. And maybe the athleticism is not quite there for the Sooners, but they shouldn't be this bad. And their Ken Palm ranking keeps dropping. I think Tech's going to eclipse them. They've fallen under the radar, but that's one of the most disappointing teams in America of the non Kentucky variety. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I guess, I, I mean, they, they certainly have shown themselves to be capable of pulling some big upsets, like the, the blowout win over Alabama, who just, you know, treats the uh, SEC like Gonzaga, you know, treated the WCC for many years. But, um, you know, I, I do think Oklahoma, you know, going into the season, I, I expected them to be near the bottom of the conference, uh, you know, and they did have a win against Florida. Also, but Florida's nothing great, you know. It's, so, so really, their only big win this year, um, other than you know a couple decent conference wins, is is the win at Alabama. You know, the home win against Alabama is their, you know, what they're pinning their hopes to. So, so I'm, I'm, I don't think Oklahoma's in my mind is that disappointing. Um, you know, I, I do think that uh, Texas Tech had much bigger aspirations, but you know, huge win today against Kansas State for them. And then they got the home game against Texas. We all know how much they hate Texas. Uh, so hopefully they can rally the troops and, and get a home win uh, against Texas and, and really make the uh, the race interesting. Kansas is, is Tuesday at Oklahoma State, which will be, you know, Ken Palm says 69 to 68 uh, for Kansas. So that, that's a, a coin flip, you know, game, according to Ken Palm. And then, of course, uh, Baylor's got um, West Virginia in Waco. And that's projected to be seventy nine seventy four for Baylor, uh, so it'll it'll be an interesting week. And then, of course, the big one is uh, Kansas uh, host Baylor, and and we all know that you know Kansas will probably be favored, uh, you know, by by five six points in that one just because of uh, their home court advantage. But um, you know, if Baylor can get a get a split on that Kansas road trip, um, you know, they play Kansas State Tuesday night, uh, then I think the Bears are in really good shape if they can beat West Virginia on Monday. Yes, two and one in the next three is very acceptable to contend for the league crown. Stillwater looks a lot more daunting than it did a few weeks back, but winning in Fort Worth today was excellent. I think Baylor can win in Stillwater. They played pretty well there over the last five seasons. So I think Stillwater's winnable. I'd be very surprised if Baylor won in Allen Fieldhouse. That's going to be college game day. KU's playing well. I think the switch everything might give Baylor more fits this time than it did last time. I think Bill Self will find ways to go at Baylor more effectively than he did in Waco. But TCU, 20-pieced him in Allen Fieldhouse. This yeah. KU team has flaws. So no game's unwinnable from here on out for Baylor, but that's a very low probability win for me. But if Baylor runs the table minus KU, I feel very confident they will win the Big 12 because someone else will pop Kansas. Bill Self's generally played horribly in Stillwater 
And so that's an easy game for KU to lose. And then that final game of the season in Austin is very losable as well. So the Big 12 title really is right in front of Baylor and there for the taking. Yeah, it's it's exciting times, man. They're, you know, it's to start 0-3 in conference and, and now to be 8-4 and is a, a terrific accomplishment. You know, that's 8-1 uh, in, in their last uh, nine Big 12 games if you're counting at home, which is pretty terrific in the, in the best conference in America that um, has, you know, what, I think it's still like um, eight of their teams are in the top 30 in Ken Palm, which is ridiculous, you know, so, so, you know, the, the conference is really difficult, but the bears are, are battle tested and, and another big win on the road today. And, and what about, what a performance by Adam Flagler, you know, at one point he had scored 16 straight points for the bears and went on his own little 16 to six run against TCU. And, you know, those three, three pointers in a row was, was, was a very special moment. And, uh, you know, just one of those times where he looked death in the face and said, not today, and uh, the Bears survive. Ashley, are you telling me you can have a good offense with Adam Flagler at point guard? <laughs> Apparently. I, you know, I, I looked at Ken Palm's offensive uh, metrics, and uh, the Bears are number one in the country. You can't get better at number one, right, Kendall? I don't think so. And if you even dive into conference play, uh, Baylor is at 114.7 points per 100 possessions adjusted. Texas is number two at 107.8, which means Baylor is 6.9 points better. That gap of 6.9 points between Baylor at number one and Texas at number two, you would have to drop all the way down past number seven offense, West Virginia. So the gap between Baylor and Texas for one and two is bigger than the gap between Texas and West Virginia for two and seven. That's how dominant Baylor's been offensively in conference play, and that's why they have the number one offense overall. And if you go just since January 1, Baylor has the number one offense by two full points on Bart Torvik. So, yeah, this whole Adam Flagler is not a point guard. I, I don't know what you want to call him if he's not a point guard because, <laughs> to me, a point guard's job is make sure the offense goes well, and then can you create for others? And then on top of that, hey, if nothing else is happening, can you be clutch late in games when the offense gets bogged down? Oh, he checks all of those boxes, and he single-handedly won those games down the stretch against Oklahoma, Gonzaga, TCU with zero doubt. Like LJ Cryer's work today was important. Keontae George had a lot of important games. Langston Love has too. Jalen's been big in some of these contests. But Adam Flagler, he has some case. If Baylor wins the Big 12, there will be a dark horse candidacy for Adam Flagler's Big 12 Player of the Year. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves yeah, on that front. For sure. But he's, it's just I, all the Adam Flagler slander. Like if Baylor loses by 20 in Allen Fieldhouse, I'm sure that Adam Flagler's on a point guard crew will come out in force, but there are just so many good takes you could have. Like, again, there could be aliens invading the U.S. Like, if I were a conspiracy theorist, rather than getting into, like, political left-right stuff, just, just go for aliens real. No one's going to get mad at you for saying they're aliens. Get into that. Don't get into Adam Flagler's on a point guard or whatever conservative or liberal take there is of the day. Aliens. Adam Flagler's a point guard. Maybe aliens are real. Have those two takes, and you'll have a conversation starter at any Baylor event. <laughs> Yeah, so so the uh, you know the extreme positives of this game is uh, you know the play of of two of our three guards, uh, Adam Flagler and L.J. Cryer, were tremendous. I, I would also point out Jalen Bridges' activity on the offensive glass in the second half of this game. Uh, he, he ends up with four offensive rebounds. I, I believe that the Bears only had one offensive rebound at halftime, and they get you know six in the second half, which is more of their customary amount you know they typically get five or six offensive rebounds per half um you know so that was good but not not great another you know second week in a row they've been held under 30 percent on the offensive glass 
uh, I believe TCU ends up uh, out rebounding Baylor quite a bit, thirty-two to twenty-six. So uh, the 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 Horn Frogs did beat Baylor up in the in on the glass in the paint. I know that the uh, you know Horn Frogs definitely uh, won the battle in the paint. Um, at one point, I was looking at the you know second half and it was like forty to eighteen you know points in the paint for TCU. Uh, so they were getting a lot of uncontested layups, a lot of dunks, um, you know. But but when it mattered, you know, Adam Flagler came up big. L.J. Cryer made plays. Jalen Bridges got you know uh, some some offensive rebounds. Uh, Jonathan had a really tough offensive night. Sixteen offensive ratings, pretty bad. Uh, but he did some good things on defense. He ends up with seven rebounds in twenty five minutes. Uh, so he's pretty active on the glass. Um, and, and he, you know, I, th- I think he played pretty solid defense down the stretch, especially on the perimeter. Uh, so, you know, just one of those team wins that uh, Baylor was able to get out. You know, Langston Love uh, did some good things, made a three. Uh, he had, you know, a nice little layup, you know, that, that uh, broke Adam Flagler's, you know, 16 straight point uh, streak for Baylor. Uh, there, was, there was a key, you know, bucket off of an offensive uh, rebound scramble. And, and I forget who, you know, assisted him on that bucket. Uh, but then, you know, he missed the one and one, you know, which could ice the game and made things a little too interesting down the stretch. But uh, all in all, you know, the Bears get out with a win and you'll take any road win. It doesn't matter who's playing. The Big 12 is brutal. I was just looking at, you know, Stanford, you know, beats uh, Arizona tonight at home. Uh, you know, so it's it's not easy to uh, win these road games in conference. And, and uh, the Bears got a big road win against the top 20 team. They did, and I think they'll be solidified as one of the la- probably the last number two seed when bracket yeah. matrix comes out next week. So they're really in that two seed hunt right now. Their challenge is going to be Houston plays nobody, Alabama plays nobody, and Purdue plays nobody. So that steals three one seeds. And unfortunately, Texas, Baylor, and KU have to play great teams all season. But hopefully, like TCU or Iowa State, will be a four seed in the Purdue bracket. And I think if TCU is a four playing. Purdue, they're going to house them completely. Right. Uh, I am all in on Purdue not winning the title. Like <laughs> I know you saved in that Keontae George podcast uh, or the Keontae George postgame show. Yeah. You had the Titus and Tate. If someone wants to get ring by spring to the Purdue staff and say, these guys believe in us even less than Titus and Tate believe in Baylor, you can go ahead and put it down. I do not believe in Purdue. Yeah, I'm, I'm skeptical myself. Um, you know, Alabama is a team that I think has a DNA to, to make a, a strong run. I think UCLA and Arizona do in the Pac-12. Uh, in the ACC, I guess Miami and Virginia uh, do. You know, um, and, th- and then you kind of look around the country and you're like, ooh, there are a lot of teams with holes here. You know, I mean, Houston obviously I, I think is, is probably in that conversation. Uh, but in the Big Ten, I mean, you know, there's there's teams, you know, beating each other. Um but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm skeptical of Purdue. I I, I definitely think uh, their freshman guards are going to be hard to rely on when when it matters. Uh, winning six in a row seems pretty unlikely to me. I'm with you. I think so too. Um, you know what's surprising, Kendall, is you know TCU. If if the season ended today, they're in the playing game. <laughs> they're on Wednesday night. I mean, you know they're 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 the seventh seed. Oklahoma State with their win at Iowa State, huge win for them is now 7 and 5 in conference. Uh so they're tied for third third place, you know, Baylor and Kansas are tied for second place. Uh well, I guess that would be tied for fourth place. Um Texas is 9 and 3, Baylor and Kansas at 8 and 4, and then you got a four-way tie between Iowa State, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, 
or three-way tie, sorry, for, for uh, fourth place, and then TCU at, in, in seventh place, and then West Virginia in eighth. Uh, those are probably the tournament teams, but West Virginia's got some work to do. West Virginia's got to pick off a couple more games if, if they're going to make the tournament. They do. West Virginia's sheet right now is very dependent on how much do the people in the room like Ken Palm. Right. Because they, I mean, they're... Number 20. Ugh. Yeah, they're 20 on Ken Palm, but Even after getting it, crushed today, I, I, I'm kind of surprised by that because I think they went into the game today against Texas, if I'm not mistaken. They were like in the maybe mid-20s, and they moved up after they got blown out. Make that make sense. I think they might have been... Uh, like 15 or so heading into oh, the Oh, okay, actually. okay, okay. All right. Uh, so I think that moved them down a few spots. But you look at their resume. They only road win this season is you can count it as semi-away beating Portland State in the PK-85. And their only true road win this season uh, is Pittsburgh and Texas Tech. Yeah. So that oh, man. And beating Iowa State at home is nice. I guess beating Auburn at home is a tournament win. TCU at home is a tournament win. But yeah, that bid sheet's not going to look great, but you watch them play when they're good. They're really good, and you watch them play when they're bad, and they are awful. So we'll see because that something's off culture-wise when your lead assistant gets fired by the university yeah. after being with you at both Cincinnati and West Virginia. So I don't know what's going on with West Virginia. I wouldn't be surprised if they eked out a close win against Baylor, but I wouldn't be surprised if Baylor 20-piece them either. Yeah, I mean, they're going to come in angry, that's for sure after losing by 34 at Texas. But, I mean, it's such a short turnaround that I don't know if you fix, you know, those issues. I mean, and Iowa State, you know, they, they got a great win against Iowa State. But, man, Iowa State's on a skid right now. I mean, Iowa State uh, has lost four of their last five. They got a, a blowout win against Kansas, uh, you know, sandwiched in there. But they, they get crushed at Missouri. Uh, you know, they lose at Texas Tech and, you know, where they had like a 20-something point lead. And then uh, West Virginia beats them. And then Oklahoma State goes in there and holds them to 56 points. I mean, that's that's pretty crazy. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I thought before the season that that was a team, because of how old they were, that might peak a little early. And uh, that looks more and more like that might be the case. Oklahoma yes, State ends uh, up sweeping them. I mean, they, they get they get the sweep against Iowa State. Big for them. Oklahoma State's playing really good basketball. Yeah, no Avery Anderson. I mean, uh, so yeah, I mean, you look, you look at what they've done. Uh, Baylor's the hottest team in the league, winning nine to ten, but they've won five in a row. Uh, you know, they 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 beat Oklahoma, they beat TCU, they beat Texas Tech, they beat Iowa State. Um, you know, they they did get you know beat pretty soundly by Texas. Uh, at, at the end of January, but yeah, they're playing well, and and then they got Kansas at home, so. Big opportunity for them. Then they go to TCU next uh, Saturday. I think Mike Miles will be back probably by that game, maybe even for the next one. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, they're Oklahoma State's uh, forced to be reckoned with. Ever since uh, CSA got back in the lineup, uh, he's ma- he makes a big difference. And I'm happy for Mike Boynton. Always seems like a really nice guy. Yeah, great And you're guy. worried that that program could be stupid and think, well, we're not where we want to be. So good move by them to have him long-term. We'll see if the SEC schools – uh, can figure out their head coaching situations in basketball, both whether Rodney Terry deserves the long-term job or if Porter Mosher is the guy, though I would almost think it's a guarantee if Notre Dame wants to hire him, he would take the exit just to think, oh, yeah. hey, I'm not going to wait around to get fired at OU. Right, right, no question. Yeah, a, a, a big um, 
you know, insertion for Oklahoma State, they inserted Woody Newton in the starting lineup. And, you know, chemistry is a weird thing, but they've been playing a lot better ball since uh, Woody Newton, uh, the 6'8 junior shooting guard, basically, has been inserted in the starting lineup for them. And, and uh, you know, that's that's been – a big reason, you know, the, I guess the chemistry of that starting lineup has, has been a big reason why they've gone on this run and won five in a row. Yeah, just unbelievable coaching job by Boynton. And then there is that Ewing theory potential that Bill Simmons has where the Knicks got better without Patrick Ewing when he got hurt. That that might exist with Avery Anderson. Yeah, for sure. So Ken Palm's just updated, and uh, Arizona's losses. Stanford moves them all the way down to number 13 in Ken Palm. So now Baylor's number 12 as they head into the West Virginia game. But uh, interesting times. I, I, you know, I love it. Um, a, any clarity on your on your trial situation, or is that a, a remain to be seen as far as uh, you being able to go to those two games in Kansas and then, and then of course, the Big 12 tournament in uh, Kansas City? Barring me being sick or dead, I will definitely be at the KU game on Saturday. Um, barring – Sick or dead, I will definitely be at the K-State game that following Tuesday. Yep. Uh, and then Big 12 tournament will just depend on how quickly we can get our evidence out and how fast the jury wants to make a decision. My guess is that I will be at the – if Baylor's in the Friday games, I think the jury will be back by Friday. But if the jury's not back by Friday on that case, we also could be in for a world of hell. So hopefully they are back by Friday, and I can be at the Big 12 tournament, and Baylor's won their Thursday game. Uh, and I would definitely be the Big 12 championship game if Baylor makes that. But, Ashley, are you coming to the Big 12 tournament? I, I'm I'm now in the camp of uh, probable <laughs> for, for the Big Ashley, 12 tournament. Ashley, you both know every year how it goes. <laughs> you, you're not – Baylor loses early in the Big 12 tournament. You say, I, last time I'm coming to Kansas City, I hate your barbecue. <laughs> I hate your World War One museum. I hate the Chiefs. I hate the Royals. It's too cold. It's not even in a Big 12 state. No one likes Missouri. And then about two weeks before the event, you think, you know what? I like this team. This is a good team. This could be the year. The barbecue's okay. It's really walkable to be down in Power and Light. Nice hotel. See some friends. We, we both know you're going to be there. I'm at the Courtyard Marriott. I've, I've already got a room <laughs> reserved. I do have a media okay, credential. Yeah. And I've also bought tickets, um, you know, which I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what I'm going to do with those. I've, I've got, you know, plenty of people that uh, w- would like to buy them, you know, from me that are that are Baylor fans and, and uh, uh, Baylor friendly, so to speak. But, um you know, I, I think that uh, I'm going to end up going. Um, I still have I have an issue on Saturday, the championship game. But, I, you know, if Baylor makes a championship game, I got I got to get that worked out. I got to figure out, you know, how to cover some responsibilities at home on Saturday. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Adam Flagler, I just remember, and after today, I mean, if you can't trust Adam Flagler, who can you trust? Uh, he told me in the summer in an interview, he's like, I really want this Big 12 tournament championship for Scott Drew. And he said he really wanted to sweep Texas Tech. He swept Texas Tech, and he really wants a Big 12 tournament championship for Scott Drew. And and how can you not believe in a guy that just basically, you know, destroyed the soul of TCU today? I mean, I mean, the guy just, like, decided that today was the day that he just wanted to inflict pain, harm, and suffering on the Horned Frogs, and he did it. And, uh, you know, I, I, just, I just have to have loyalty to him and have to show up in person and, and watch his magic in uh, Kansas City. You got to do it. You got to support Adam Flagler, a true point guard in my mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, looking at some of the uh, national metrics we got going here, uh, 123 offensive rating, you know, I mean, and you're talking about a guy that's got a lot of pressure on him, usually usually draws the best defender. 
he's he's number 73 in the nation in assist rate. He's top 500 in, in turnover rate. Um, he is uh, top 150 in, in th- free throw percentage. He's top 150 in, in three-point percentage. Um, there's a lot to like about his game, for sure. I mean, he, he is he is really smooth, and uh, he's a, he's top 20 in so many metrics in, in the Big 12. And, uh, and, and like you mentioned, you know, this was an off game for Keontae George. You know, Keontae George has had some inconsistencies. Uh, he, he was really good against OU. Uh, he, he's, been, he's been phenomenal at times. Uh, but today, you know, he, he, he you know, did some good things through a nice alley-oop to Caleb Lohner, had a couple, you know, a couple really nice drives to the hole, uh, but just not his, his best game today. He was on the bench for a lot of the second half. Uh, but, um, you know, overall, uh, you know, these three terrific guards are, are going to do a lot of great things for Baylor down the stretch. And hopefully we can get them all playing well at one time. But Langston Love is ready to step in if, 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 if needed. And, and we saw that, you know, even today on the road, made some key plays. Uh, but, you know, certainly against Oklahoma, he was huge. And, and so uh, it, it's exciting times as a Baylor fan. I think uh, we're in for a fun ride the next uh, month and a half. What a turnaround it's been, too, because going back, I remember when I wrote that article about what does Baylor need to do to make the NCAA tournament. <laughs> and, and some of the first comments were like, how about win a game first? This is way, this is insane. Why would you even write this? And then there was one guy who I think canceled his subscription because he would always post on the board. I'm canceling my subscription when it lapses, who was just so nasty all the time about uh, our football takes and then our basketball takes. And I'm like, I'm glad that guy's gone. So he doesn't have to see Baylor being good. I think he was somebody who got a little upset with whatever prior coach left. I don't know if he was a, a Matt rule guy, an art Bryles guy, right. uh, a Kevin, a Kevin Steele guy. I don't know who this guy liked, but he, I didn't think he really liked Baylor, and he's got to just be sick right now seeing where Baylor is. So I, I feel bad for that guy who doesn't even really like Baylor to see what Baylor's doing because we knew it was possible, and now it's happening. And I, I also I, – I did love when I had given that take this summer after talking with somebody in the program who would know, where I was like, look, the offense could be better than the championship offense. And, man, was I getting roasted after that 0-3 start. And it's like, well, now it's the nation's number one offense. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. We didn't. We didn't have so, the number one offense uh, when we won the championship. Nope. So I'm like, you know, I I, I can respect. Look, if I give a bad take, you got to roast me. But if the haters are going to come out, they got to take me hating right back. <laughs> yeah. No. No doubt. And uh. And by the way, uh, Bartorvik has you know the the tourney cast uh, where they they put the odds of making the NCAA tournament. Now Baylor is went from 99 percent to 100 percent chance of making the NCAA tournament after this win against TCU. So. Uh, rest assured, Baylor fans, you will be in the NCAA tournament. You can lose every game, which which they will not do, uh, but you will still be in the NCAA tournament. So the Bears are in, in great shape. And, uh, you know, it could be a you know, really fun ride. And, and hopefully, like you said, you know, two seed and maybe even a one seed is still not out of the question. Uh, certainly if Baylor wins the, runs the table, they're a one seed for sure. Uh, but even, you know, if they lose one or two games, they may be a one seed. I mean, that you know, the resume – is going to be you know stacked up against you know the best in the country as far as what you've actually put on paper, uh, but certainly you know two seed looks looks likely or a three seed, and uh, if, if Baylor gets there, then you know they have pretty good odds of making it to Houston. I think so too. This is a year that is for the taking. Yep. Twenty twenty one Baylor doesn't loom. Twenty twenty one Gonzaga doesn't loom. I mean Houston can win the title. Alabama can win the title. But everybody's got flaws. We're gonna have a flawed champion this year. Might as well be Baylor that can say, hey, the defense isn't quite where it had been for other national champions and just say what we all know to be true. 
Offense wins championships. <laughs> Offense wins championships and ring by spring. You've been listening to a ring by spring podcast with Ashley Hodge and Kendall Kalt, Sikkim Bears. <laughs>